You're listening to episode 48 of the Beauty Business Podcast with me, Adam Chatterley. If you don't know me already, well, I'm your host here on the show. We're here for the independent businesses in the health, wellness and beauty industry. I want to help you reach your business goals through simple, practical and focused business information. So whether you own or manage a beauty salon, a spa, a clinic, we're all about the foundations here of building not only an incredible and rewarding and profitable business, but one that's as stress-free as running a beauty business can be. In short, I want to help you make more money, have more time, and simply enjoy what it is you do. Sound good? Okay, let's go. Well, actually, before we do, I must apologize if I sound a bit croaky today. I am full of cold at the moment, thanks, I'm sure, to one of my two lovely children, but I feel great. I'm excited about this episode. I just sound a little bit funny, that's all. Now, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, we were talking about how to ensure that you have an incredible year in your business through proper planning. And we also touched upon goals, how to know what business goals to focus on, how to actually decide on your goals, and also how to give yourself the absolute best chance of achieving those goals in the coming year. However, these were very much your goals. Sure, they're the goals for your business, and as the owner or the manager of that business, you stand to directly benefit most if you reach your goals, which is only right because it'll be down to you, not only to do the planning, but to make sure those plans are actually put in place, tracked, measured, and let's face it, it's generally you that's taking all the risk, but it's very likely that there isn't just you in your business. You probably possibly have staff that you work with, and even if you work on your own in your business, there will still be people that you work with, even if they're not in your business on a regular basis. Uh, and I'm talking here about people like your accountant, like your bank manager, possibly any cleaning help that you have, marketing help, laundry companies, basically anyone who helps you deliver the treatments and the services that you do. So whether you have a team that you work with on a daily basis or not, you'll want to get them on board with your goals because they are either going to help you reach your goals or they're going to get in the way. So what simple steps can you take to get the people that you work with to help you? How can you best motivate your team within your business? Now, and given that team performance, or more accurately, lack of team performance, is such a hot topic in the industry at the moment, as even on this podcast, as illustrated by the popularity of one episode from the last season of this podcast with Steph Rossi, all about recruiting a winning team, team motivation is more important than it's ever been. Well, you know me by now. I make sure that I bring you practical help whenever it comes to a problem like this. So I've got 10 tried and tested steps that I highly encourage you to work through to create the ideal environment for motivation. Because at the end of the day, you can't really motivate someone. Only they can actually do that. But you can create a perfect storm of circumstances a perfect working environment of support that leads them down the path to only one choice, which is motivation. Okay, so let's get going. Number one, we've got create a pleasant working environment. An unhappy team member can never be motivated. It all starts with the day-to-day -day working space. So provide a place for your team to de-stress or hang out whenever they feel the need to relax during their breaks. Now, for that matter, Make sure your team are taking regular breaks so they don't burn out. You know, people are not machines. And in an industry where our job is to make our clients feel great and feel as relaxed as possible, you can't expect your team to feel great and relax themselves and therefore 
pass this on to your clients if there is nowhere for them to relax and recharge while they're at work. Now, you wouldn't want your staff or even yourself to have to perform treatments when you're stressed, when you're uncomfortable or when you're tired. It's only going to affect your or their performance, affect client's experience, which could have a knock-on effect to your rebooking rates and even your client retention rates as well. So start off by ensuring that you've taken as much care of your team and their working areas as you have with your client areas. So at number two, it's simply to set goals with your team. So in that episode, I think it was two episodes ago, yeah, it was episode number 46, I took you through a quick and simple but very effective method to plan and set goals for yourself and for your business for the coming year. Now, the payoff for achieving those goals is fairly clear for you in terms of the additional revenue, the additional time off, or simply a bit less stress in, in your business life. However, the chances are that you're not going to be able to achieve those goals without the help of your team. So even if your team is your accountant, your suppliers, your product house, your software company, your website company, etc., the payoff for them isn't so clear. I mean, obviously, they get to keep you as a client, but the payoff for you achieving your goals to them isn't so straightforward. So no matter what your team makeup is, spend some time creating a plan with them and setting some goals that are linked to your own goals, but that directly apply to and benefit each and every team member themselves. What it is that they want, how you can help them get to it, and what's the plan to get you and them there. So make sure that any goals that you create are smart. Now, if you've not heard of this expression before, I'm not simply talking about working smart, but smart actually stands for specific, measurable, attainable, realistic and time bound. You know, you don't just want to throw down goals that are unrealistic, like I want to work one hour a day, but earn 10 times as much as I did last year and I'll be happy with that. So Yes, this may be possible for some people, but it's not a realistic goal for everyone and not without a very, very clear plan behind it. So first of all, when setting goals with your team, make sure they are specific. That's the S in the word smart. Clearly define those goals. And most importantly, like I said in that episode, write them down. Now, next, make sure is that, that there's a way to actually measure those goals as you move throughout the year. Now, there's no point in setting a goal at the beginning of the year only to put it away on a shelf somewhere, look at it at the end of the year and go, didn't quite make that, never mind. You need to be able to clearly define the steps or the milestones along the way to reaching that goal. So, for example, if it's a financial goal that your team member wants to hit themselves, break it down monthly so that they can track it as they move through the year to make sure they're on track and that itself will help motivate them. Say it's a total number of repeat clients they want to get to, then break that number down and track it over time so that they know they're getting towards their goal, okay? Now, if it's some training that your team member would like to be sent on, set a goal with them within your business that they need to hit for you to send them on that training. And again, measure their progress as they go so they know they're on track and they're getting there, okay? So the A and the R of SMART stand for attainable and realistic. And these kind of go hand in hand. So in setting goals with your team, it's partly your role to help them stretch themselves just a little. I mean, goals shouldn't be too easy or they aren't really goals. But you also need to help them work out whether their goals are realistic within the environment and also attainable. Now, this might involve taking their initial goal and breaking it down and then analyzing their past performance to see just how much improvement is going to be required. Now, if it seems like too much of a stretch, then maybe the goal needs kind of reining in a bit, a bit of resetting or adjusting. Okay. 
Now, finally, the T in SMART stands for time bound. And what this means is that there's a definite date attached to the achievement of this goal. An unending goal will be exactly that. It will never end. So as an example here, if you've ever tried to lose weight, okay, if your goal is simply to lose, say, 10 pounds, but you don't set yourself a date when you need to have done it by, then you've probably found that you never ever quite hit your goal. You lost a few pounds, then you let yourself off for a few days and you put some weight back on and then you went back to being good again and the cycle just continued until you got bored and you just stopped. It's the same way with any goal. Now, if you want to focus on it and actually achieve that goal, set a deadline, a date by which you have to have reached it, make sure it's sensible and in line with the attainable and realistic elements of the SMART acronym too. Now, setting a target is one of the very best ways to help in motivating your team. It shows you care about them and about their personal development and that you want them to become successful too. Remember that even with proper planning and following these steps, goals are still difficult to achieve. So it's important to celebrate every single milestone along the way, which is another reason why it's important to, to break it down. It actually increases the chances of actually achieving the goal and it further shows your team that you care about them. Now, third tip is to know their worth. Now, we spend a lot of time making our clients feel special, not only in the treatments and the services that you perform on them, but also by creating special offers, promotions, sending out personal messages on their birthdays, the occasional bonus treatment or loyalty scheme. But remember that your team members are also individuals themselves. Now, that personal treatment when dealing with your team goes a very, very long way to making them feel happy and motivated. You know, feeling valued and heard can actually make them want to work more and it boosts their self-esteem. Now, I've been referring to your team all throughout this episode. Indeed, throughout the podcast, ever since the episode with Claire Cockle in the last season, where she made sure that whenever she talks about the people she works with, she refers to them as her team rather than her staff or the people who work for her or things like that. So treat each individual as part of a team or as a family member and not just some replaceable member of staff. Now, the fourth way to motivate your team is to make sure you educate, not punish. Now, mistakes do happen. It's inevitable. I'm sure you've made mistakes before that have been costly, either in terms of money or in time. And when you do it yourself, you can get angry at yourself and know that it's just your way of dealing with it. However, when a team member makes a mistake, it's extremely annoying, especially if it's a mistake that's been made before. It can be easy for you to get angry, to blame your team and even get mad and possibly even yell at them. However, how you deal with your team when things are not all sunshine and roses says a lot about you as a manager and it speaks a lot about how you value your team as well. So accept that it's annoying, but it's also highly likely that it was indeed a mistake and the team member responsible didn't set out to make you angry or annoyed or cost you money or waste your time. It's best simply to educate or explain to them in a sympathetic way why it was a mistake, the impact that might have had on the business and why it's important that it shouldn't happen again. Now, it could be a training issue. It could be a chance to impart some of your knowledge to them to help them grow in a way that they don't feel humiliated. So teach them without sounding condescending and encourage them to ask if they need help. Wouldn't that lead to a much more motivated, happy, loyal member of staff if you just did that rather than yelled at them and told them not to do it again? Now, it comes up a lot, and I've definitely mentioned this before on the podcast, but always keep in mind one of my favorite quotes from the virgin billionaire boss, Richard Branson. 
he says, and this is everywhere, you can just Google it, there's, there's images all over the place. He said, train people well enough so that they can leave, treat them well enough so they don't want to. And I believe wholeheartedly in this statement when it comes to working with a team. Now, number five is growth. Now, much of what we've already mentioned revolves around helping your individual team members to grow themselves. But as much as it's vital to know each team member's desires and goals personally, you also want them to work well as a team to help you achieve your big goals. So what can you do to help your team to bond with each other, to help each other out so it's not always you doing all the work and, and you making everyone work together? Now, great examples I've seen here is allowing your team members the time and the opportunity to share their skills with each other. So if you have one team member that, say, excels in a certain area, maybe it's a particular treatment, maybe it's a technique, or even in, in rebooking rates or retail product sales, you know, create a way for them to share that knowledge with other team members. Try and make sure each team member can contribute. You know, use this to help you in setting goals with them too. Where appropriate, listen to your team and assist them to grow professionally through targeted promotions. Now, number six is to reward hard work. Sharing skills and knowledge is not only a great way to bring your team together and take some of the pressure off you, but it also allows you to better create reward programs for your team. Now, some form of commission scheme has been a mainstay of our industry for as long as I've worked in the world of salons and spas. However, all too often, this is just an oversimplified, one-size-fits-all monetary commission scheme, something where a business owner or manager simply pays a percentage commission to their staff at the end of the month based on, let's say, how much retail product they've sold or how much treatment revenue has been generated by that member of staff. However, there's two problems with this. Number one, not everyone is motivated by some additional money in their pay at the end of the month. And number two, it doesn't actually work if it's simply an end-of-month total. Now, this comes back to understanding your team and what makes each member of the team tick. You know, some, some people would be far more motivated by the opportunity to increase their skills through additional training than simply the offer of some additional money in their pay packet. Some might value an extra day off if they hit their certain goals. So understand what it is that makes things important to each team member and try and build that into their rewards program. Now, this can get a bit complicated if you've got many members of the team trying to you know, reward each one individually. So what you can do is find out what each member of the team wants and then have a kind of rolling, revolving commission structure. Now, what I mean by this is you could mix it up. You know, just having the same targets and rewards in place all the time becomes less and less motivating over time. However, if you want to keep things interesting and fresh by having different rewards each month, this keeps motivation high. It makes it more fun and it introduces that that healthy element of competition and fun into the process. So, for example, one month it could be um, an extra day off. One month it could be a weekend break. Another month it could be a prize of... Um, I don't know, a, a product um, or something like that. Another month, it could be a gift voucher, all these different things. Find out what your team value and then build a reward program around that. Now, at number seven, it is to acknowledge their efforts. Now, rewards and commission help to challenge and drive your teams for sure. But sometimes remember that it doesn't need to be something organized. It doesn't need to be something that you've had to plan and put in place. It doesn't need to be something big and flashy like money or training or days off or trips away. There's this fabulous 
book called The One Minute Manager that I highly recommend you read if you haven't already. I'll put a link to it in the show notes and it can be read easily inside of an hour. It's only a very, very thin book. Anyway, in the book, it talks about simply acknowledging work by praising an individual. Just a word to say, hey, you did really well today or, you know, you handled that client's objections very professionally. I'm so proud of you. Really goes a long way as their manager. If you've built a team that really respect you, just you giving them that praise, giving them that positive feedback and encouragement will make a huge difference to them. You know, all too often, we're very quick to point out when a team member hasn't done something exactly right or missed an opportunity or failed to ask a client simply to rebook or something like that. But how often do we look out for staff doing what we have asked them to do or expect them to do? You know, sure, you can take the view of, well, it's their job, but a word of praise when they actually do something correctly or even exceed your expectations costs you absolutely nothing. It takes almost no time at all and it can mean as much, if not more, to your team member as that prize or that physical reward at the end of the month. And it doesn't have to be anything outstanding or specific. Even just a simple thank you at the end of a long day can mean a huge amount to someone. Now, number eight is to build and bond. Now, I've already said it's great to get your team to work together, but you need to build a healthy relationship with each member between themselves and with yourself and foster those good relationships within the team. Now, if you trust and respect them, then in most cases, they will return that trust and respect you back. I've always believed this and I've generally experienced this to be true. Now, where it doesn't work is where a manager or a business owner fakes that interest in the team. It's obvious when this is the case and when the trust and respect isn't reciprocated. The manager then sort of wonders why and they get annoyed and angry about it. So hold regular team meetings and events and once a year throw a team building event so that you can get to know more about your team members outside of your salon or spa. Even if you have to close the salon for half a day to get out into some different surroundings and you know just have fun together and learn a bit more about each person as an individual outside of the work that you all do together. Now number nine train and develop. Now, everyone has doubts, particularly in their own ability and performance. We are often our most harsh critics. And I've had so much great feedback from the episode I did where I talked about imposter syndrome at the end of last year and how it can really hold us back from what we want to be in life. Now, while I was talking about business owners primarily in that episode, imposter syndrome and the doubts associated with it are just as real for your team members as well. So you can alleviate this by following many of points in this list, but a great way to ensure your team remains professionally confident in their abilities is to provide weekly or monthly mini trainings so their skills can be updated or enhanced all while increasing their confidence level. You know, allow them to develop new skills as this is not only beneficial to them and further increases their confidence level, but it has a knock-on effect and a knock-on benefit to your salon, to your clients, and naturally to your profits as well. Training your team to really become experts will make clients feel at ease because they know they'll be in good hands, thus creating an even more positive client experience for them. Now, in the case where you can't quite afford to be sending your team members on regular professional training courses, as I said back in point number five, you know, observe a team member that is performing well in a certain area and has a lot of good feedback from clients. And you can ask them to conduct mini trainings within your own salon so that the other team members can learn from them as an example. You know, not only does this share knowledge and provide new skills for some members of the team, but it massively increases the confidence of the team member that you've asked to share their skills. It really is a win-win situation. And finally, number 10 
is to communicate and collaborate. One of the most important things to have in a team is communication. So schedule those regular team meetings where you can actually discuss each other's goals, struggles, challenges, key performance indicators, or whatever it is that's important that needs to be addressed. Don't just lead the discussion yourself. Allow your team members to contribute their ideas. You know, collaborate and reach your goals together as a team. Now, I'd recommend holding weekly team meetings of about 30 minutes and make these sacred times that don't get shifted just because you're busy or a client wants to book in early. I've even seen clients augment these weekly meetings with a very quick, well-organized 10-minute daily catch-up that's either at the very beginning of a day or at the end of the day as a sort of debrief. Now, this is a great way to get the team on the same page and motivated for the day or a way to let off steam at the end of a day if it's been really busy. So just make sure the end of the day option doesn't simply turn into a complaint session. You know, make sure it's productive, although everyone, you know, does need a good moan now and then. I accept that. Also, try and get into the habit of providing slightly less regular one-on-one -on -one meetings with all of the members of your team. Team meetings are fantastic to share challenges, share achievements, knowledge and information, but it's also important to spend time with each team member individually. Get to know them better. Make sure they feel heard and let them know that they're really part of your team and part of your family. Not everyone is going to feel comfortable speaking up in a team meeting, in a group environment. You know, your job is to make sure that people understand it's a safe environment and they can speak up, but some people are still going to want to just talk to you about certain things in a one-on-one -on -one way. So use these sessions to review each team member's goals and plans to make sure that they're on track and help them adjust where necessary. And if required, help them to refocus, to replan or set different goals if they've actually reached their goals early. And that's it. 10 tried and tested proven ways to motivate your team to help keep them happy, keep them working together, building loyalty as you go. Now, in a perfect world, you'd be doing all 10 of them, but each point alone will genuinely make a difference if truly embraced within your business. So make it one of your goals to add in one or more of these points each quarter as you go throughout this year. Now, like I said, if you set your own goals at the start of the year or after listening to that episode I did a couple of episodes ago, then you need your team working with you to give you the best chance of achieving your goals. So which of these resonated with you the most? Was it one you're already doing? Was it one that you used to do, but somewhere along the road you kind of forgot about it? Or is it one that's brand new to you and has kind of lit a fire under you so that you're going to put it in place as soon as you can? Let me know. I would love to hear back from you about this at any time of the year, but especially now as we're just getting underway with 2019. Now, as always, you can let me know your thoughts about this in the comments on the show notes pages, which, as always, you can find at www.beautybusinesspodcast.com and simply look for this episode in the list right there on the homepage. Now, if you haven't listened to any of this year's podcast episodes or if you've not been hanging out in my Facebook group, Beauty Business Hackers, then for one, I'd like to know why not. But if that is the case, you may not have heard that I've launched a very public impact goal for 2019. Now, I'm calling this Impact 365, and it's simply that I'm on a mission to positively change the businesses of 365 individual salon, spa or clinic owners throughout this year. That's one every single day. And to make this goal totally transparent and public, I am measuring my results here simply by tracking your reviews and feedback. Now, I've tasked my team 
to be constantly on the lookout for reviews, comments, thank you emails and ratings everywhere we can so we don't miss anyone out. So if you want to know more or you want to know how I'm doing with the goal, simply head over to salonbusinesssecrets.com forward slash impact. There's more information on there all about it, how to get involved. Plus, there's a scoreboard for keeping track of exactly how I'm doing. So as always, but more importantly now than ever, I suppose, if you found value in this episode or if you've implemented something from one of the previous episodes and you've not let me know about it, then please do pop over to iTunes or the Impact page and let me know by leaving me a review. You can do this online or in the podcast application or even on your iPhone, on your iPod or on your iPad or your Android phone or whatever device you're listening to me on. So whether it's something in this episode that has answered a question for you that's been bothering you for a while or something you've learned from me before. If you haven't told me about it, please do let me know somehow. Okay then. Now next week, I am back with an episode all about client loyalty. Why should you care about client loyalty? Is there still such a thing as client loyalty these days? And assuming there is, what can you do to maximize it amongst your own clients? So I hope you're going to join me for that. I'll be back in a week. Or if you're more of a kind of a Netflix binge style listener and you're enjoying this later in the year, then just click on the next episode and you can learn all about client loyalty right away. Okay, that's it from me. Bye for now.